And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers, and class is officially back in session here for our second guest speaker episode of 2022, and I'm here with a long overdue guest. Give it up, everybody, for the kid. My man, how are you? How, how's, how's things going? Very good. How about you? Thanks for having me on. Of course. Of course. No, it's, it's, it's a pleasure having you, man. Like I said, it's, it's been a little while. We've been in communication now for what, probably a year, I would say? Yeah. Yeah, through those uh, DMs, Instagram. Yeah, Instagram DMs, right? The uh, the the best way to I guess uh, talk and get in touch with people. Um, <laughs> yeah. I for this, so it was interesting. Um, I don't usually ever talk about this. Um, I I kind of get we were actually we were talking about this a little bit. Like um, before I do these, for some reason, I still get anxious every single one, and I like I, I nitpick everything, and I was really like I was driving me crazy of what I was gonna wear. I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> was good. What I was going to wear for this interview. I know you can't really see much of it, but I, I was going. I'm through, sorry, I, going, I noticed it. I was going through my dresser, yeah. And I and I remember that you are a huge baseball and Red Sox fan, and yep. so I said I had to wear my Bogarts <laughs> shirt, which I That's got. Great. I got probably like, and I'm and I and by the way, I'm not really a big Sox like fan. Or, I mean, I yep. am, but like I'm not a big baseball fan. So. Yep. I found at the bottom of my, my dresser and I was like, I gotta, I gotta wear this, I think. For, <laughs> That's for great. Kid. And, Appreciate uh, it. And, and, well, and lo and behold, you got the Red Sox hat on. Yeah. It's not my, it's not the fitted. I, I can't find my fitted, usually a fitted guy, but I had to put on a hat for this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But hey, well, yeah, like I said, welcome to the show, man. This is, this is so Thank great you. to have you. So the kid, you are a producer, you're a teacher. So we're going to get into both of those different things. You had an amazing album in 2020 that I definitely want to talk about. 2020, correct? I got the year right on that? Yep, yep. Awesome. Yep. And um, yeah, so we got a lot I got to talk to you about. Um, also, guys, be sure, like, be on the lookout for an, a really, we're not going to talk about it on this pod, on this episode right now, but there's this very special project that we are going to be rolling out very soon that the kid is going to be a part of and many others. So definitely be sure to be on the lookout for that. And, uh, but yeah, I would love to, you know, this, this is, this is the, this is the, the kid episode. So the floor is yours, my man. And, uh, we're going to awesome. start this episode with the first, we're just going to get to know you a little bit. I call this, mm -hmm. this segment, the objective. All right. So the first thing I want to know about you, and it's probably gonna be a pretty basic question, but I'm just curious how you got into like producing music. And I also know you're really big into graphic design. You teach it at, mm -hmm. is it Walth Waltham High? Is that correct? Uh, I used to be now I'm at Malden Catholic. Oh, you're at Malden Catholic. Fantastic. Yeah, first year this year. Yeah. And how's that going? It's going good. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah. Cool. So mm -hmm. weirdly enough, the basketball coach at Malden Catholic was my high school basketball coach. Really? Yes. That's great. I'll have to talk to him. Yes. <laughs> He'll know <laughs> me for sure. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I know you do graphic design and mm -hmm. you are obviously a music producer. So I'm very curious, like how you got into that. Was it like, were you always creative when you were younger or was that something that kind of just came on a little bit later on in your, in your life? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've been playing instruments since I was 12, 13. Um, so I've always played instruments and I've always drawn like I always took the art class if that was the extra class available So I've always been in art classes always played instruments, but I guess I wouldn't say I like Dove into it as a creative until like 
late college after college I was like a sports I was obsessed with baseball <laughs> yeah I, I was like trying to play baseball and stuff so I wasn't music and everything else was kind of not even really a thought but um I mean I always loved music but never really created stuff but on in the um in my like free time I would create beats for sure I just never like promoted them or anything but so I've been making beats since like middle school and I originally started with like a toy like plastic keyboard um and uh like a a physical mixer so you had to it was like an eight track mixer or something so I, I would have to play I'd be like all right maybe I want the song to be three minutes and so I'd be playing the drums for three minutes you couldn't mess up or else you'd have to do the whole thing over again so I started from that but um you know I played drums starting in 13 and played took some piano lessons so I've always played instruments and I just naturally I started making beats and I took it more serious after 808s and Heartbreak actually. You know, I always played music and then, but never really shared it. But after 808s and Heartbreak, I was like, wait, someone's singing over beats they made? Because I'm a singer too. I was in a rock band where I played drums and sang. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I always played physical instruments. But then when I heard 808s and Heartbreak, I always made beats on the side. But when I heard that, I was like, whoa, this is incredible and like cool it like made it cool for me so that's when i like dove into making beats and then graphic design um just through college i, I would i wanted to go for music production but i also wanted to play baseball in college so i like played d3 baseball and originally went for like sportsman but then i was like wait a second there's graphic design here and, and i can just draw and like create art instead of writing papers so I switched into that and yeah, graduated a graphic design degree and then I've been a graphic designer in the field and now I'm a teacher. Fantastic, man. Oh, that's really interesting. So if I was if I was like Sean Evans Hot One style, I would I would and I know I have some <laughs> Easter eggs in this in this episode, I'd like to think, but I, I hope yeah. I would have known that you were a singer. So damn, I did not know that. So you know, how long were you in a how long were you in a band for and like what kind of music were you guys playing? Um, so let's see, I graduated in, um, 13. So it was like from, I think we started playing live from 2014 till okay. literally COVID phased us wow. out. Kind of. No kidding. Yeah. You know, stuff is like just opening now. So like, right, right. You know, to play at venues. So yeah. And we played, um, I would say chili peppers -y type stuff. It's like funk, rock, blues, all that combined. Like, my thing was John Mayer. Like he's my favorite yeah. artist. So, like, I love the blues, like, continuum style or, like, mm -hmm. his more rock stuff. And they like Pink Floyd. I say they, but, like, I like Pink Floyd, too. But, like, they loved Pink Floyd. I love John Mayer. So, kind of like a combo of that. Interesting. Interesting. That's, yeah. that's so far. And, well, because you didn't, I mean, you didn't do any vocals on um, your, your uh, album, The Kid and Friends, right? At least not. No, yeah. I sang... Um, all but two of the choruses. Oh, you did all the choruses? Yep. Oh, no way. Oh, that was, I yeah. didn't realize that was you. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. no kidding. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So what, why? So I'm, I'm curious though, cause I know you more are like, you kind of market yourself as a producer. So is that something yeah. that you're kind of working on as a vocalist too? Or is that like not as much of like a, um, an endeavor for you? No. So, I mean, that's kind of funny you ask that because. I'm trying to, I finally settled upon producer. For so long, I was like, you know, what am I gonna market myself as? 
I wasn't even really thinking that way. I was just kind of trying to do everything. And then I was like, I need to pick something and go with it. And honestly, I just don't want to be an artist. The more I get older and the more I'm just seeing how the internet works and like whatever successful artists, I'm, I don't want any part of that. I'd, I'd love to be the producer behind the scenes. You know, that's more of my personality too. So uh, I'm going to go with that and then just, you know, sing on the side. Good. Well, that's well. I think that's interesting, like self awareness too. I think like as we get older, I I think there's an element that like we start to like. I mean, just naturally, I think we understand ourselves a little bit better. So, um, you know, for you, that's and singing all that time too. It's interesting to see you kind of like really kind of go full fledged into the production. Which, by the way, like I know this is kind of a good segue with your album, The Kid and Friends, which <laughs> I thought was incredible. I, I've been listening Thank to you. it now since I since we uh, stumbled across each other. I think the the person that that uh, led me to you was we had Suriel on the show, and I believe it was oh, his, okay. it's his management, Brandon. Uh, shout yeah. out, Brandon. He's the one that yeah. reached out and um, when when we were promoting Suriel's episode, and he's like, "Oh, you need to you need to listen to, you need to reach out to my my boy, the kid." And I was like, "Okay, that's awesome." And and yeah, so and then we obviously we got to start uh, talking, and what struck me right away, and I, I hate to jump to this, but I don't want to bury the lead. When I was yeah. looking at your album track list before I listened mm -hmm. to it, and I noticed you had three artists that I have liked for a very long time, two of which mm -hmm. I like a lot. Um, one of <laughs> yeah. which I don't, I don't think has gotten as much, you know, um, I guess of an opportunity as he might. Sci High, thank you. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. But you had IDK, Mick Jenkins, and Sci High mm -hmm. the Prince on your on your on your album, which I was stunned. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, this dude's legit. He has three like <laughs> artists that I really like and really know about. So I'd like to kind of go through each one and talk to me about like, how did these sort of, how did you come about these verses? And, and starting with IDK, who I came on to uh, right before he dropped his album, I was very bad, which I think is yeah. really, really a fantastic project. And like opened yeah, he's a great my artist. eyes to him as, a, as an artist, absolutely as a rapper. So talk mm -hmm. to me a little bit about the IDK verse. Like, how did you, how did you get that verse? Uh, yeah, all right. So um, first off, shout out Brandon. He's the man. He was the, my main marketer for The Kid and Friends, so that's awesome that he reached Fantastic. out to you. But um, yeah, so IDK and, and everyone else, um, you know, when I, when I first started the album, when I first was like, I'm going to do something with my beats now. Like, I'm going to try to pursue right. this. I was like, why don't I contact up-and-coming rappers? That was my initial thought. I eventually contacted every single rapper I've ever heard of. Cause like, you know, why, why not? Maybe, maybe exactly. they like it or maybe they actually opened my email. But, um, yeah, I got IDK in 2017. He was J IDK when right. I got him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> that was crazy. I just cold emailed everyone or however, like DM social media. I just scoured every platform and everything for any type of contact lead or info and just followed that and gave my little pitch. And if they got back, like the first person I heard back from was um, Rome Fortune, who's actually not on the album. But like once I got that, I was like, "Whoa, I'm like addict." I was addicted. Like I have talented people rapping on my beats now. Like just to hear someone get inspired over something that I made and create like their verse from it. Right. I was like, "All right, I can I can do this." So contacted everyone. Like that I've ever heard of, from local people to Kanye, <laughs> and yeah, IDK was one of the guys who got back. 
Well, you got a little close with Kanye. You got Psy High, so that's a little Psy, at yeah, least, that's least, at least some good high. music. Um, yeah, right. So those thoughts, but though, like, how did what did that feel like when you got the IDK? Like, do you do you remember like when you got the IDK verse back, or even the mic, any of them, right? When you got the verse back, like, do you remember where you were? Like, what was that reaction for you? Like, wow, I have like, or was it not really like? that big a deal at the time because maybe these guys actually were up and coming and they weren't as big as they were when you actually dropped the project yeah that that's a good question because like j idk or idk but when he was j idk he grew my my idea was to get up and coming rappers and grow with them you know like have their fan base kind of come to me um and so he was i checked all these guys socials you know all that stuff to see how many followers they have and he grew great. I don't know how many followers he has now, like half a million. But right? he had like, I don't know, like 30,000 when I got him. So I was pumped up, you know, when I got it. But he is the best example of what I was aiming to do. Right. Like someone who was really on the come up and like super blown up now. And then what about Mick in terms of Mick Jenkins? Because Mick Jenkins was an artist that I have been listening to since he had Trees and Truths and The Waters when he was like... He was, yeah, the that was when he was getting bigger, but not to like where he ended up going as well. I know I don't want to say he's fallen off because I, I feel like that would be a disrespectful thing to say, but I feel like he's maybe plateaued a little bit or lately. I think he's I don't just, feel like he's found his his comfort found, yeah, his comfort zone and yeah, he's good there. He can live yeah, off. Yeah, that's know? true too. That's actually a good point. Yeah, because I, I I do think he's still putting out fantastic music. Like I still yeah yeah he still puts out great music. Um. But just in, yeah, I think, yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. Like he's kind of found his sort of sweet spot. I just, I always, and this is, again, this is actually a compliment, I think, because I always thought he was going to be like, in terms of a numbers perspective, that he was going to be a lot bigger. That was my sort of thought there, especially when he, I thought THC was like, when he put that out, I was like, all right, this guy's about to be like a commercial name. And then it never really felt felt like it never really happened. Even though when you, if you ask any, any true hip hop fan, they should know who Mick Jenkins is. Like he's a guy that you should know. Um, yeah, super so talk, yeah, so, oh, absolutely. So, I mean, what were those interactions like though? Were they just simple, like just emails back and forth? Are you just only dealing with their management? Yeah. Like, how is that? What was that like? Yeah. And sorry, I forgot to say, like when I got the IDK verse, oh, I do ahead, remember yeah. I, I was in, um, in school when I got the email back from IDK, it was his manager and when he sent the, uh, the track. So I was like, like it's hiding to put my headphones on and, and listen to it. <laughs> And like download it. And when I heard that verse, I was like, let's go. This is awesome. And so same thing with, with McJenkins when I got, I mean, everyone's verse really, but like, oh yeah. When I got McJenkins verse, I was like, wow, this dude is like lyrically ridiculous. So like that was amazing. And, um, it was just a, it depending on the artist, I either talked to them or their manager or someone who represented them. Uh, and I don't know, just kind of depend on the artist. So Mick Jenkins, I think it's him. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's him, the way he's talking. He's not like talking on behalf of Mick Jenkins, but I think that's him. But yeah, IDK was his like managers and stuff. Cool, cool. And then what about the side? Was the side high one pretty similar in terms of like, um, like that, just, you know, talking yeah. with like managers and just kind of going back and forth with him. Cause he, he is another, he's an interesting one to me. Like when I thought he was going to be, I mean, I, I think Mick Jenkins found, like you said, kind of found a sound, he found an yeah. audience and he, I think he's made a very successful career. Mm-hmm. And I've been shocked that Sci High has not been bigger, in my opinion. So, that, and I, and I yeah. think that that's it's it's disappointing because I think he's so talented. But um, not yeah. to say that he hasn't done a lot with his career. But um, 
you know, but he's just to have him on a, on a, on an album too. It must be just be an incredible feeling, just having like a, someone from good music and yeah. Kanye, who clearly for you feels like is at least I think it's he's an inspiration to a lot of people uh, musically. But um, mm-hmm. you know, just so what was it like to just have like someone in, at least in Kanye's tree like on your album? Yeah, that that was a wild. That was the one where I was like, like what? Sci High is gonna rap over my beat? Like Sci High even got back to me or like his manager? So that was wild. And yeah, like his, everyone's so talented, like Sci High, McJenkins, like Kemba, all these like crazy lyricists. So like, wow, that was a crazy feeling. And like Kanye's my, my number one. I say it's John Mayer or Kanye, depending on who I'm listening to. Like John Mayer for me being a drummer, singer, and then Kanye for production, like my two favorites. So ridiculous. That's dude. Like I gotta say, man. Like I again, like can't reiterate enough. Like how impressed I was was with just like the, aesthetically just looking at the track list, and then when I actually listened to it, I I really liked your style and the way like you constructed a lot of these beats. Um, you know, how long did it take you to like I think hone in on it like a sound for for you? Like, because I know you you've talked a lot about that you like John Mayer, and we we had a little bit off off camera talk about Coldplay, and you were playing like Pink Floyd inspired music, so like. What brought you down like the hip hop path? I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, well, Kanye, for sure. Like graduation was really when I like dove into rap, and then I think yeah, 808s was after, and like I was stuck on hip hop from mm. from then on. Um, and you know, I love all hip hop really, but Kanye is my definitely definitely main inspiration. But to find my sound, that's like a tough question for me because. I never really thought about it. I just I just made music. Like, I just made whatever came to me. So I guess it just, like, I don't even know if I have a song. <laughs> but, um, with, like, with the album, I just made, I you know, I got all my stuff. I got all the software, all the equipment, and I made beats for, like, six months or something. And then at that point was when I was like, why don't I reach out to people? So I reached out to them with, I don't know what I sent, like a link or something. To, to all my beats and I was like pick your favorite you know and you can you can have that one so I gave like the artist the, the artist picked the beats and the like the main reason why I did that is because I know being an artist if I'm working on something that I don't like it's not going to be the best I can do you know it's not going to have my full passion behind it so I did that and then after they gave me the verses that's kind of when I you know I spent like years probably multiple years organizing just the track list itself you know to try to make it cohesive and somehow it sounds kind of cohesive i don't really know how i think it's because all the beats come from like the same time frame like a three Mm -hmm. to six month period so i was probably stuck in doing similar things and it kind of has i don't know it feels like it's a cohesive project which was you know one of my main goals well, that's, I mean, yeah, and I, I rightfully so. Like, I think that that's a, a big stamp for it in terms of, like, why I think I gravitated towards it, especially at the beginning, was that it did seem like it had a, had a cohesive sound. And it's funny how when you look at the end product like that, like, I didn't I didn't understand how much probably work went into it. And we even talking a little bit of this off air, too, of, like, yeah. how much work it probably went into creating this project. So you're telling me you had a lot of the verses from 2017 and the album didn't come out till 2020. So it's amazing, like, to think about, like, I think it is for a lot of, I think any sort of, when you think about movies, music, you know, art, any, any, any kind of art, I think, or creative piece, like, 
it's under, like understanding what goes into it. Even with something like podcasting, yes. where everyone thinks they can podcast, and that's fine. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's like what I do is like or what we do over here is like, you know, groundbreaking or like nobody can do it. But the amount of people that I know and even friends of mine that once I started a podcast, like oh, I want to start one too, realizing like oh, a lot goes into this. This is like actually yeah. a lot. Oh, more you have than- to sacrifice some things to do this wow yeah and the amount of time <laughs> that it takes to actually do it to record it to edit it to put yeah. it out to promote it like there's so much that goes into it and then for me like as an interviewer like all the prep work that goes into it like and then mm-hmm. for you even talking about this and I, I i definitely can relate to this which is just all the all the emails the cold dms like everything that you're just sending mm-hmm. like that all takes time and yes. you want to and you want to craft it in a way that like people would actually respond to it. You don't just want to, and the, the easy way out is the- Yeah, that takes the, time too. Yeah, yeah. The easy way out is like, hey, listen to my beat, listen to my music, you know, like- <laughs> Right. Yeah, how how often do you get like a, you know, a response, you know, for when you just say that, you know, like right. the, the, the people that I tend to, when people submit music to us, like the ones I tend to hear and like want to gravitate towards are the ones that have like at least- you know, a header or like a, or at least or a professional email behind them. Right. Like if someone just DMs right. us and is like, yo, check out my track. I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Yeah. For anybody listening to this, if you're an artist, like, don't just say, yo, check out my track. Do not do that. Like, yeah. Send a professional. That's, a, that's super email. important. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly, yeah. I am, I try to have a default, like set, email thing to go off of whenever I'm doing any type of project and it never stays the same between emails. I always like reread it and I'm like, I should change this word and try to like word it better every time. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Um, well dude, like congratulations on it. Just a a fantastic body of work. I think you, you have really something, something special there with, with that project. And, um, I'm still going back and listening to it. Um, for sure. Uh, it's definitely, definitely a track. I really, uh, an album, excuse me, that I really like. Um, I do want to segue a little bit and we'll still talk about the kid friends a little bit on this, on this segment, but here I have pop quiz, pop quiz for you. So, uh, this segment is going to be exactly what it sounds like. It's rapid fire questions that, um, you're just going to try to give me, you're just trying to give me the most simple, short answer as possible. Um, if you have to elaborate on certain Mm -hmm. things, that's fine. But of course, like you were not prepped on these Mm -hmm. questions. I I did give you you a loose idea of the other things I've said, but these are going to be out of left field. No pun intended with your your baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. You ready? ready. Okay. I think so. Is it true that the kid and friends is, was actually on a Grammys ballot in 2020? That is a great question, and I'm so glad you asked that. So I can't be quick about that one. Dude, that, I, I knew think, that. I knew that one wasn't going to be quick. The rest will be a little quicker. So go. Yeah, ahead. yeah. <laughs> like I think I'm pretty sure, but I don't want to like you know say any names or whatever. But every marketing m- marketing is full of uh, I don't know the word fishy people, <laughs> mm. like mm-hmm. sketchy sketchiness marketing mm-hmm. so i've been through every scam you can possibly be through um but i'm pretty sure that was legit um you know i did at that point i've been through many scams so in, but people think it's m- bigger than it is because anyone can submit and be on the grammys on the grammy ballot if someone f- from right. the committee does it for you or like nominates you or, or something 
Um, but obviously I wasn't going to win. You know, I was on the ballot, so I think. But, you know, the people who vote for these, they're seeing, they're seeing my name and they're not even looking at it. So apparently I was on the ballot. But sorry, I gave a wicked long answer. <laughs> no, that's really interesting because I saw I was, I was in my research. I, I noticed that you might have been on the Grammys ballot. And I thought that was that was because I saw you promoting that a little bit um, a couple of yeah. uh, a couple of years ago in that at that time. So very, yeah. very. Interesting. And it's good. It's good press, too. <laughs> oh, hell, hell yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah. Is it true that you did all the graphic design for Kid and Fred's? Yes, that's a nice okay. quick answer. Yes, that is. Um, so my personal favorite track on The Kid and Friends is actually Dark with Mick Jenkins. Um, what is your awesome. favorite song off of The Kid and Friends? I know that's tough to like pick like, you know, one of like literally one of your yeah. children, you know, like out of this entire list. <laughs> but which one, which one is your, <laughs> which, which, what, which song mine, is your favorite if you had to choose? Dark is up there, but I think mine is going to be Prayer. I think that's my Ooh. favorite. With yeah, science, science and, and Daddy O Smooth, which was which is hell of a name, by the way, Daddy O Smooth. Oh yeah, yeah, he's the man. <laughs> he's awesome. He's he's all throughout the L. He's he's like a friend of mine. We grew up in the same town, so that's he's awesome. Incredible. I, I figured yeah. that. I figured that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, I love that. Excuse me. Um, all right. So, cartoon art that you're most proud of, like the like the the best cartoon art you think you've ever made. I'm going to say I'll go with the You Can't Get This Money music video because that one I incorporated like some camera motions. I was got a little bit better at lip sync and like the money falling at the end. So Super cool. I'll say that one. Cool. You alluded to this a little earlier and now you get to go in a little more in depth. And we, and we even <laughs> talked about this a long time ago. Biggest scam you've ever witnessed or been subjected to in the music industry. Oh, man, I don't even know if I want to admit this. I've been through like every scam. I'd say, I'll just say as a whole, and not to throw like the good marketers, like there's good marketers out there, but I'd say marketing was my biggest scam. I, I never actually marketed. It was either a scam or I just shared on my social media um, to no one, you know, to just my friends. I'm talking about digital marketing. Um, but other marketing, like working with Brandon and Show Off Marketing, he's awesome. If you're from Boston, work with Brandon from Show Off Marketing if you can. He's great. He's more of guerrilla marketing. And in person, I got connected to so many people, to you. Like, he's the man. But, like, every digital marketer, yeah. that, was, that was my biggest issue. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, favorite Massachusetts artist right now? Like, first it comes to mind. I'm going with C4. I was just saying, oh, I got a do. track with him coming up. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. He um, he was on Shane Dillon's album recently, and that's how I, I came on to him. And he's done some work yeah. with like Clark D. And so I, I know him. I know I know of him. I've had a few interactions with him just in DMs, but like I don't I've never met him. But I, his he's very he's very uh, not only unique, but I think he's super talented. Super talented. I saw him perform. I don't know if I reached out to him or if I saw him on Instagram or live once. But I, I've seen him live now. He is, I've never seen like energy like that. Like I watched him, I was like, I need to get a feature with him because I think he could blow up. Dude, C4 is 
amazing. I think he's really, I yeah. think he's like up next in terms of like Massachusetts artists that people should be looking at. Um, he's, yeah. I've seen him on, you know, tracks with Clark D and Shane Dillon pretty recently. Um, and you, did you, did you mention that you saw him in concert? Yeah. I've seen him at like local shows. Okay. So yeah, he's, he's great. His energy is like, like professional level. Yeah. He's, he's pretty legit. Well, I'm excited to hear of the kid C4 track. I think that's going to be pretty awesome. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. It'll probably be a while, but <laughs> that's the okay. next collab album, if it ever comes up. So I'm going to ask you a sports question because I know you're a sports guy. And of course, we talked about that you like really like baseball. You played baseball. What's your most memorable moment on the baseball diamond as either a coach or a player? Because I do know you, you did coach for a little bit. Is that correct? Yes, coached um, softball and baseball, but not anymore. Yeah. But um, I'll say I don't really have a great standout memory, but I'll go with like I hit a home run in, uh, when I was 11 years old on Father's Day. Uh, so that, that was a cool one. Awesome. Really cool. Really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was, so the re- reason why I don't like baseball, I was, I was the player that literally like you'd stick out in right field and I'd be like picking yeah. daisies cause we had two lefties in the entire league. So that ne- never, no balls <laughs> yeah. ever went to right field. Like no one was hitting it like opposite, like field, yep. you know what I mean? Um, so. Oh um, yeah, I know. Not at that level. Yeah. No, no, not at all. That was no, I'm, no. I wasn't a home run hitter, by the way. I only hit like, I think I hit two in my whole two? career. So Jeez. made it even more special. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my la- <laughs> my la- my last question in pop quiz is, I could ask you who your favorite Red Sox player of all time, but I'm actually curious to hear who's your least favorite Yankee of all time. Ooh, love that. It's got to go back to like the '90s, 2000s. I can't say Jeter because he's too, I respect him too much. <laughs> I don't know, like Chuck Knobloch, Paul O'Neill, Scott Brocious, all those guys. Maybe Gardner right now. I don't like Gardner. No. <laughs> I'll go with that. Cool. But he's not, I don't know, he's like after the whole rivalry. I'll go with Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill. Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> congratulations, the kid. You made it through Pop Quiz. Pretty unscathed. You did well. Thank you. Couple, Thank you. Of, couple of Zoom hiccups, but we're okay. We're back in it. Yeah. Um, so now we're gonna get to the main lesson. So this one, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the things that you're really passionate about and that you really care about. And um, I know there's a couple of different things that we've discussed uh, off air um, that are really you, know, you think are important to you or things that you're pushing right now. Uh, but the first I want to do is talk a little bit about, um, you know, your graphic design course. I was just curious, like if you could explain like the class that you uh, teach and like w- what it kind of is structured like for like, if let's say if I was a student, like what would my typical day be in, in your class? Yeah. Okay. So at, at Malden Catholic now I teach, it's pretty much just a beginner Photoshop class. So I just go through like beginner Photoshop tutorials, teaching about layers, all the different tools. That's, that's that class, Photoshop. Then there's digital design. But it's kind of, I love teaching that. I mean, I love teaching all these classes, but that one's great because I have freedom to work within. I was told just like teach them anything you want, you know, within the Adobe suite. So I teach a little bit of animate, a little bit of Photoshop, a little bit more advanced in that class, Illustrator. And I haven't got to InDesign yet, but i um, planning, planning on making some lessons in there too. Awesome. And in terms of, I think this is an interesting question that I think, you know, we can have a little discussion about this, but, um, you know, 
how do you think schools have done in terms of like adapting to the times and like offering some of these new innovative like courses at schools? Because, you know, I think these are like jobs that, you know, are really in the now, right? Like something like graphic design is going to be a super important job, I think, going forward. And like my school, I'm actually teaching an intro to podcasting class next year, which uh, which is I'm really excited about. Yeah, it's great. I'm like really pumped about it. I've been writing the curriculum for it all year. Um like, do you think schools have done like a good job, in your opinion, of like offering courses that are like more appropriate to today's world, or and like how can they maybe still improve if they haven't? Because I know you've taught in a few different districts, so I'm curious, like as you've kind of gone through your career, like what have you seen with schools as they've kind of adapted towards like again, sort of trying to be a little bit more in the now with you know what how our world is. I think they've done a great job overall throughout all the districts. Um, I always tell the kids, like, I graduate, you know, when I tell my little spiel about myself, I'm like, I graduated gra- uh, graphic design degree, and I didn't see Photoshop. I didn't even know it existed till like, my so- I switched into graphic design my sophomore year. So that was the first time I worked with Photoshop. And, you know, you had to buy it uh, after I graduated in order to have it on my computer. These kids have licenses through the school now and they just sign in with their email and password and they have the whole Adobe suite at their fingertips. So I'm like, this is wild. Like you guys could, if you love this, take advantage of it now, like really focus on it because this is a really amazing opportunity because once you get out of here, you you know, you have to pay for these things. Right. Um, So just what the schools offer is, is incredible now. I completely agree. I think just like, you know, cause my school for context, like they, reached out like or my my administration like reached out to me being like oh we heard you at a podcast like we've been trying to kind of integrate something like that into the school like would you want to teach it like teach it as a class and i was like yeah god that's amazing like i never would have thought to even bring it up because i didn't think like anybody would care enough to even be like oh you should teach this and i think it's good for us as educators too to like you know because i I do like english of course like it's definitely a, a subject that i'm passionate about but like if yeah. I'm, you know, if I have to teach books and literature all day, it's just, it just can be a lot. So for me to like be able to balance yeah. that next year with doing some English courses and then some podcasting courses, it's going to be great. So like, I think even as teachers yeah. too, to like be able to show up, like show the kids, like show our students, like different passions we have in our own lives. So that would makes, we look a little bit more like hu- regular human beings to them than just like their teachers, right, you know, because right. there's such that like barrier sometimes with like. Oh, my teacher's right. like not a person. Like he, he or she just yeah. sleeps here, like oh, at night, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, going off that, I'm. I believe I'm teaching um, music production next year. They're Shut offering up. it as a, like intro to music production. So good for you. I'm like, what? That's incredible. I get to teach this, like, and have fun with these kids, showing them what I know. So it's awesome. I mean, people can make money from these things now, right? Like podcasters right. can live off that. So why not teach it? I know. I know. I think that's so amazing. That's I mean, Congratulations to you too. That's, that's so funny. I'm glad I brought it up because it's, yeah. it's just, it's really cool. Like when, you know, like now that it's kind of the cat's out of the bag that, you know, I, t- I have the podcast and that I'm teaching it next year. All the kids are like yeah. actually interested in the podcast. Like now, you know what I mean? They're like, yeah. Oh, like what do you actually do? Like, that's so cool. So right. I think it, it, it humanizes us a little bit more, but I think you're able to make some of those like really, uh, some of those better connections with the students. You know, when they really Definitely. understand you as a person and like what you actually enjoy versus just like, all right, like this right. is a subject that maybe I don't care about as much or, you know, some kids do like right. English or like math or whatever. But I think the more like elective type classes that we can offer students, I think yes. is going to keep students more in school, 
you know what I mean? And like not make not make public Definitely. school like a trade school necessarily, but these are I think these could we it could almost be like that in a sense where like you know we we sort of yeah. lean off of some of the more you know core academic courses a little earlier than when than like being in college you know what i mean i don't know just the thought there but i right. i think i think schools are kind of going in that direction and i think it's great i really do mm-hmm. i think it's important me too so me too yeah 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 like when you mentioned trade school like if i was to make a school it would be you know probably all you know, mostly trade i feel that's the best way you learn like by doing it right but yeah. like yeah even these like all these new electives now it's 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 awesome yeah yeah for sure for sure um oh that's that's fantastic well congratulations on on the intro to uh music production i think that's going to be great i think you're yeah you're we'll see be, hopefully hopefully yeah well you you'll be a great teacher with it i can only imagine and, uh <laughs> you know and, and you're talented clearly so the kids need to the kids need to see the kid and friends man they gotta do you, do you <laughs> right do, 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 do your show, i'm not gonna show them that you don't, no, you don't show them the album. I no. think I, I think I showed like one kid who would like come to after help or after school help and stuff, but I don't want to show that in the, to students. You know, with the I don't want them to hear that and then fair show enough. It. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Plus, you're at a Catholic school, so you never know how that's gonna work out. Yeah, um, yeah, right. right. <laughs> um, <laughs> switching gears slightly here, um, and I, I'm very curious to hear your sort of mentality on this. Um, you once mentioned to me in a conversation we were having like almost a year ago now to, uh, quote unquote, embrace the long game. I'm curious to see, like, or, uh, could you elaborate on that a little bit? And, like, why is that a mindset that's important to you or something that you think about a lot, like embracing the long game? Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, that's only a thing that came with experience in, in getting older and just realizing if you if you don't. First of all, you're never going to succeed in a quick game. I mean, you you know, slight percentage of people do. But um, the majority of people, it takes years before you actually succeed. And But it, it, I knew that, but I'm, I was really going at, off of my experience with the Kid and Friends because um, when I made that album, I was like dying to release that. And Mertz actually helped me to just like get a mindset. Mertz uh, is from The Bridge, Sound and Stage, mixed the whole album. Um, but shout he kind of helped me with the mindset. Shout yeah, shout out Mertz. Um, to be like, don't just wait till it's you like it. Like, don't rush anything. So that's why it took it took me four years to release the album because I think in around two thousand nineteen, I was like, all right, I don't care if, how long this takes me. I'm gonna try to make the best product ever, and I don't care if it takes two, three more years. I'm just gonna take my time. And it took like pressure off. So embracing that long game just like helped me relax. Awesome, awesome. And I think two ways that you're really starting to expand your your brand and like your, um, I guess, place in the music industry is I think you've been really uh, someone a proponent about two platforms or two kind of types of avenues, which would be things like Discord and NFTs. So I'll start with Discord. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, because I know you, you run a Discord community, is that correct? Or like a channel? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, somewhat. So so, what yeah. are some <laughs> what are some of the elements about Discord that you really like, and why do you think creatives like should maybe be if if they're not on Discord, like why should they be on Discord? If like your pitch to artists was like, do you, do you believe in Discord? Do you think it's like something that artists should be on, or are you sort of not maybe seeing as much value there? So I'm like a classic. Like every time I hear something new that could be a, an avenue to succeed or like 
have fi finally find success, I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is crazy. I'm gonna like, this is wild. Look what this can do. But I've literally recently realized, like really understood, nothing matters unless you have a fan base. It's true. You can't build anywhere unless you have a fan base somewhere. So that's my main focus now. Like when I heard about NFTs and Discord, they're kind of connected. If anyone knows NFTs, they usually host like all their rules and all that stuff on Discord and organize their communities that way. So they're kind of linked. And that's when I heard about NFTs, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I got to release all this stuff. So I did it all, you know, got on Discord, did the cold. Hey, you want to, you want to join my Discord? I think it could help both of us thing. And, um, you know, it was great initially. I saw, you know, more growth than I was on Instagram now because I don't know what I did with Instagram, but the algorithm is clearly not working for me. But, um, <laughs> but like, once again, I'm at a standstill and I'm like, oh yeah, I have no fans. You know, like, I need to build up a fan base. I need to invest in marketing. Nothing matters unless you actually invest in marketing. Yeah. So, but I do love Discord if I had a, if I had a fan base. Because I think it's the best organizational, I'll call it a tool over like social media. Like it's, I would use it if I had a company as like an organizational tool. I think it's absolutely incredible for organization. It's admittedly something, and that's kind of the reason why I, I almost wanted to ask you that too, because it's something admittedly that I probably, I, I should go on more and, and, and you to try to utilize a little bit more, but I don't because I've heard, and I've heard so many things about it, like people saying that it's something that I should be on and that we should be on. But I, I again, there's, and there's yeah. also the problem too. It's like, there's so many platforms, you know what I mean? Like I, I had a, um, yeah. a, a guy that works really closely in marketing, um, who's really smart in, in this game. Um, works with some high level artists actually too, who gave me some free game. We were actually talking about this a little bit off air and he told me specifically, he's like, you have to get on TikTok. This was before we were on TikTok. Like he's like, you have to get on TikTok. And I was very resistant to TikTok. This was about a year ago, very resistant to TikTok. I'm like, I don't want to go on TikTok. Like no way. And you know, I have seen some growth there a little bit. Um, but I, I, I find that like, you know, there's so many platforms, it becomes a lot to keep up with, right? Because like, if you're trying to do Instagram, and then TikTok, it's just it's just kind of exhausting to feel like you have to post in all these different areas and like different platforms. Like there's, that's the one thing that I like, I see is kind of a drawback with social media, where it's like, it's just, there's, it's hard to keep up with, I think, and especially in this day and age of digital, digital marketing, it's really hard, you know, to be on every platform all the time. It's, it's, and then every platform, like the, the way in which I think that they, um, like the format of the videos is slightly different as well. So it, it's not, oh, and he yeah, was even saying slightly too, different, slightly different. Right. Like, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm still a, you know, kind of a, admittedly I do this sometimes, but I was told not to, which is like, he's like, don't funnel, just funnel your Instagram videos to TikTok. Like you have to actually make TikTok right. like content style just, videos. Yeah, I know. But it's just like, Oh really? Like I just made this video for Instagram. I can't just funnel it to TikTok, Like, I do it anyway, I admittedly, but like, I, it's, it's yeah. hard, it's hard, it's hard to keep up with all the, yeah. especially when, like, what's the next platform going to be? Like, when's it coming out? Exactly. A year, a year and a half, yeah. two years, like it's coming, right? Eventually, you know, but what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what is that next platform going to yeah. be? So mm -hmm. it's, it's an interesting game. And I think this conversation though ties into like playing the long game because it's like, you know, if you could, and, and, and I actually heard this from another advice as well that I got, which was like, 
don't be on one but also the same breath it's like you can't be on one platform because if you if that platform becomes obsolete you take it away like what's left you know right right like our like our biggest platform is instagram but like let's say instagram was deleted tomorrow like we'd be like i wouldn't say we'd be screwed but like we'd be it would be a so we'd take a significant hit yeah you know yeah for so it's it's yeah you're right like the long game is how you have to do it because like if you make it big on one platform and then like that platform gets phased out or like you know you just kind of get i don't want to say forgotten about but it just it there's a potential that you know it's just it's it's not going to like give you the longevity that you want right yeah it's it's so overwhelming everything you're saying i wanted to like go like this snaps <laughs> in agreement but like yeah it's it's crazy like i i get overwhelmed i see like discord i'm like oh what's this yeah triller have you heard of triller i have yes i have heard of triller i've heard of that i was like oh I think it said you could monetize your post or something like that or get paid somehow. Mm-hmm. I can't even, I haven't even looked at it. I just don't have the mental capacity right now to dive into something else. You know, all these social medias are, Yeah. And plus it, I've realized it doesn't matter for me right now. I need to establish a fan base first, some, somehow, like work with a right. marketer on some platform. So, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as it's As long like, as you find something. Yeah, oh, definitely. Like one and- platform. Yeah, yeah. I think what's the phrase? It's like if you have a thousand true fans, like you can make a, a living off of yeah. that. Like if you, you know, there's like a little yep. books about there out there about that, uh, that exact concept. But yeah, it's it, you're right. Like you can have an amazing song, an amazing album, an amazing piece of art, amazing movie. But if there's nobody to actually will ever look, like read it, look at it, watch it, amazing book, right? Like you just it's it's it makes it hard when you don't have anybody to market it to and that is that is the challenge right that is the definitely challenge. It's something that we struggle with still too and you know i know we're i think we've been better over the years at, at doing that but it still is hard it's it's not easy right i think the biggest thing is you know that i find with at least our with with our platform is it's just it's all networking the more we network the better the better you know our platform usually is at the end of the day if, if as long as we network so yeah but you're right i mean as as an artist it's challenging i mean especially in a, in a market that's very saturated right now you know it's hard to it's hard to stand out because you like i said like you have quality music like, i wouldn't have had you on had you not had quality music so like but and that's and that's honestly upsetting though too because it's like all right there's this really great album out there that like not as many people are tapped into as maybe like something that like doesn't seem like has as much value if i could say something about that like i actually just watched a a john mayer podcast talking about this exactly like people saying or telling him i don't even know if if he needs obviously he doesn't need to but like to get on tiktok you know and, and every every marketer or everyone that claims they can market or whatever say get on tiktok get on tiktok that's how you're gonna blow up right now um and I, I actually heard a TikTok's going to move to a more Instagram thing recently, so you won't be able to blow up as quickly on uh, TikTok soon. Gotcha. But either way, like what John Mayer was saying was, if you don't want to do it, don't, don't do it. And that's kind of the, um, you know, marketers will say, that's wrong, you need to. But it's not. It's, it's what I want to do. It keeps me at peace. Like, I don't want to make these weird dance viral videos. I don't want my face to be everywhere. Um, you know, I just do what I do and, and I'll try to find something some other way. Like, you know, if I just focus with the marketer on Instagram, Twitter, and discord, then that's fine. Right. You know, you know, it's just, I don't know. You got to find something. 
I am I am quickly just a little bit curious, a little bit more on NFTs. So that's something that I am not familiar with at all. Um, don't know much about. Is that mm-hmm. is that something that you're still like? Um, I would say you think is important for artists to be like um, looking into right now. And and how much have you looked into it as as a producer? I'd say a hundred percent. You should you should look into it. And I've I dove into it like super deep when I when I finally understood what an NFT can can do for anyone, uh, but specifically like an artist, mus- musician, and a like digital artist or illustrator. Um, but yeah, it's I've kind of put it on the back burner now because I'm now focused on trying to build some sort of audience if I can. But that's definitely like a a plan. Once if I can get an an audience. I'm going to do everything that I've been trying to do. And NFTs is like definitely something I want to do. I'm, I'm trying to have my next collab album, album cover, be one of the NFTs from a project that I'm working on right now to try to like incorporate both. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I've seen some success with, with NFTs. Like I have a, a friend of mine, her brother is actually, um, I don't know if you're familiar, but he's a graphic design artist as well. Slime Sunday. Have you, have you ever heard of him? I haven't heard of him, no. So he's yeah. like, I mean, he blew up. He's got like millions of followers. And um, yeah, he like made a lot of money on NFTs because uh, he has like exclusive like, and and I, and, I, and my my whole, and I was actually talking to some people at the gym about this really enough is, you know, I, I've, I've oftentimes wondered like, okay, why can't I just take like a screenshot of it and be like, oh, okay, like I have the, I have the piece too. But there's something to do with, I guess, like, the file type or however the, like the actual, like it looks, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm, he was the person I was with, was explaining to me a lot better than I am right now, but there is some distinction that you can prove like, okay, you actually, this is the original. Um, yes. kind of like, kind of like how yeah. you could say like a painting would be an original. Right. Exactly. That's, that's how I was going to describe it. Like, um, you could get a print of the Mona Lisa right now, but do you own the original Mona Lisa? Like that's what an NFT is, and it's digitally proven through blockchain technology. That's what it was. Blockchain. Like, that's exactly what it was. That yeah. he said blockchain. I was not familiar with the tip, with the terminology. Yeah. yeah. So I, I might say different, like the wrong term at times. I'm probably like ninety percent there with understanding it fully. It's pretty complex. Um, but yeah, it's if like so you're. What'd you say was your friend or someone you knew who was that graphic designer? Yes, it's a a friend of mine's brother, actually. Yeah, so like you said he had a fan base. That's why he made a bunch of money. Like if you have a fan base and you're not making NFTs or looking into it, then you're, I don't know, you should. Because if you, you can make so much money and it's good for everyone. That's why they're so popular. It's like a win-win for the people who buy it too. It's like stock in... The way I was going to do it would be like stock in me as a producer. Right. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. That, I, I heard about that as well. It's like, yeah, you're like this, if this attains value, like if I, let's say my next, like say, like say the kid's next album explodes, like that's going to, that it's going to, you know, that first NFT that maybe they have is going to own be a lot more valuable than it was. No, I, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I understand the concept. I just, I find it very uh, confusing from a sense of like, I'm like more of a visual person. So like, if I don't, I mean, that, that, that's not visual, but like also tangible as well. So if I can't hold on to it, I have a hard time. Like, or if I can't consume it like in a way that makes sense to me, I think I struggle with that a little bit. I think so that's where like the disconnect is for some people too with this. It's just right. that. So. Yeah. 
So, like, to explain a little more, like, you can get NFTs that are just, like, people appreciate the art. Like, have you heard of Banksy? I have, yeah. Like, he sells them for millions of dollars because he has a fan base as an artist and people appreciate his digital art. You know, but the main reason why NFTs are, like, business people are loving them, and like Mark Cuban and all these people, is the underlying utility is the term they, they use it, they, they call. So, like... um let's say you get one, you buy one of my NFTs, the utility is what can be written into that. It's called a smart contract. So when you buy my NFT, you like digitally sign that smart contract. So like what that's that smart contract is like any other normal contract, I can say whatever, whatever utility I want. So like if you buy my NFT, that's like your VIP pass to to come to all my concerts. Or if you buy my NFT, you get a free sweatshirt or, you know, anything. It could be anything you want. Like you could put um, ownership. If you buy my NFT, you get 5% ownership in that song. You know, you can, so that's what like houses or cars, it's like a lease or it's like, um, what do they call it? When you buy a car, the the title. The title. Like the NFT could be the title. Hmm. So the potential is crazy. It's just like so confusing so many different steps you have to go through yeah and yeah i think it's going to be a while before they really become popularized but yeah if you have a fan base you're you should get into it right now okay well you heard it here first guys from from especially well yeah i was gonna say two i was gonna say two teachers but definitely one one that definitely understands this a little bit more than another but <laughs> he's he's teaching you guys so if you yeah if you have a fan base out there we know we, we work with a lot of artists or any artists that are listening to this right now if you yeah look into it i mean i i you know i i'll take your word for it it's not something that i'm familiar with and that's kind of why i wanted to know because i at least wanted to ask you because i it seems to me like you had a lot more knowledge about it than definitely than I do. Like I, I didn't understand much of it even uh, before any of this. So, um, but that's, and I think that, but for you, that's good knowledge to have just in general, like just in general, like for, for you to, for you to have. So that way, when you get to a place where you feel like you have like a, a, a consistent audience, like that's, that's pretty, that's going to be some, there's gonna be some tricks in that bag that you'll have. So. Exactly. Like I already have, when I first got into it, I was like, oh shoot, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a project right now. So I already have a project like done. So I'm just waiting on fans, maybe someday. Gotcha. And then gotcha. I'm gonna release that, see what happens. Well, I would hope that after this, uh, this uh, podcast episode, you have a, definitely a few more fans for sure. Um, at, least, <laughs> yeah. at least that's the hope. So um, guys, the kid, you've been an awesome guest on this podcast, man. Like I've had a lot of fun chopping it up with you. you and talking about your, your same, album. Same. And, you know, sports and, uh, you know, obviously graphic design and teaching, you know, all of that. It's been great, man. I've been nothing but a pleasure having you on this show. You're not done quite yet, though. I have one last segment for you. This is the shortest one, but this is, I think, the most fun. There are at least artists or producers, anybody that comes on the show, they usually have the most fun with this with this segment. We call this, this is the open response. And in the open response, we do the dream song scenario. Okay, so I'll break it down for you. Okay, you get a song, okay, and you can make that song with any artist, dead or alive, all right? Now, usually when we have artists on, I say you can get either one to two producers to work on that song, and then you get uh, three guest verses, and you get uh, someone to do the hook. So you are a producer, so we don't need to really worry about that unless you want to bring on someone else to work with on production. So I'll, I'll leave that open if you want that. But I'll structure it the same way. You get a song, 
okay? And you get three mm -hmm. artists, all right? Or three, excuse me, you get three verses and one hook, mm -hmm. all right? And they can be dead or alive. One hook. Dead or alive. Okay. Okay. So who is right. on that dream song? The, who is on the dream song for the kid? Take as much time as you need. All right. I was going to say for the hook, Freddie Mercury or Bruno Mars. Ooh. I think they have the best voices I've ever heard for a male. Uh, so that's, that's going to be my chorus. Um, I can't narrow that. You know what? I'll go Bruno Mars. I'll give him a shout out because I think he's the best. He's so talented. His voice what is he, amazing. What he has done with Anderson Pack and Silk Sonic, I think, has just been mind blowing. Mind blowing. Yep. Yep. And I was a fan yeah, of them I separately. I was a fan of them separately, and I never would have thought yep. that they would mesh in the way that they have. I know. I know. Yeah, when I saw that collab, I was like, whoa, let's go. There's going to be it's, some awesome music. It's crazy. But yeah. All right, so I'll go with Bruno Mars for the chorus. Um, definitely Kanye for a verse. Awesome. <sighs> Probably Jay-Z, too, because he's just incredible. Probably, like, my second favorite rapper. And, oh, man, this is tough between J. Cole and Kendrick. I got to go Kendrick. But J. Cole is, like, right there. J. Cole's but, right like, there. yeah, well, can't beat Kendrick. Well, there you go. The, the kid... Featuring Bruno Mars, Kanye West, Jay Z, and Kendrick Lamar. I think it would be. I think it would be a smash Oof, hit, man. I'll take that. I think, yeah, yeah. I think you'd get some fans from that, <laughs> no? Yeah, yeah, I know. Someday. I would hope at least a few thousand, right? Oh man. Well, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty star-studded uh, dream song scenario. I love here. I love asking artists that question and producers that question because like I always love hearing the answers. Everyone's answers are just so always so differently or different or unique. Even if you even if some people have picked Kanye and and Kendrick in the past, like just thinking about how that would sound is uh, definitely a lot different than what I've what maybe I know. like another producer or artist has chosen. So pretty cool, man. Awesome. Well, right, right. There you go. There you go. The kid. That was a fantastic episode, man. I really appreciate you coming on here and, and, and showing us some love and being on the turntable teachers and, and you are officially a turntable teachers alumni. So congratulations. Let's go. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for reaching out and having me. This is awesome. Oh, of course. Of course. And, uh, last thing to do would be to plug away. So let people know where they can follow you and stream your music and all that. So I'll give you the floor to kind of plug, plug, plug. Sweet. All right, so at the Kid Tunes is all my socials. Uh, tunes T U N E S, and actually all the art. If you're interested in album art or animation or whatever, it's the Kid Tunes, but like cartoon. So T O O N S. So at the Kid Tunes on, I'm really on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Discord's different. It's like a link, so you can find it through those ones. But uh, what I'm really focused on now is selling beats through BeatStars. That's my main thing now, trying to build an audience for that. So thekidtunes.com. If you guys need beats, thekidtunes.com. Phenomenal. Love to hear it. And if you are a fan of The Kid just coming on to us for the first time, make sure you follow us at Turntable Teachers on Instagram and TikTok. And be sure to follow us at our and, or uh, subscribe to our website, www.turntableteachers.com. And of course, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. And 
without further ado, that's it. The kid again, appreciate the time. And this was a fantastic episode. And, uh, again, like we said, be on the lookout, the kid is going to be, uh, joining in on a, on a big project that we're working on. Um, and that was definitely yeah. a big reason why we had him on. And, um, I think you know, that is going to be an incredible thing. So we won't, we won't, we'll be hush hush about that for now, but be on the lookout <laughs> for that pretty soon. Um, I would say, and, uh, yeah, without further ado, thank you so much, man, for being here. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. This was great. All right. Fantastic. All right. Well, hey, I'm Mike. This is the kid with the turntable teachers, and class is officially dismissed.